Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. On our radar this afternoon at 11.15 Eastern, Packers coach Mike McCarthy says Aaron Rodgers will not practice again today, adding this is no layup. That's regarding Rodgers' status for Sunday. He continues to deal with a left knee injury. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. I'm Wendy Nix. Adam Schefter, Darren Woodson, and Teddy Bruschi. Week two gets underway tonight. The wait is over. The Ravens head to Cincinnati. And when these two teams get together, it is almost always competitive. These two AFC North rivals have met 44 times with the all-time series evenly split at 22. Andy Dalton has struggled under the lights in his career, 5 and 13 as a starter in prime time. That's second most second worst among quarterbacks with at least 15 primetime starts. And Joe Flacco looked sharp in week one, completing nearly 74% of his passes with three touchdowns and no interceptions. Flacco never thrown three touchdowns in back-to-back regular season games during his 11-year career. If you're not motivated to play in this league from within, uh, then you're not going to make it very long. And obviously there's little things along the way that serve as motivation maybe on one given day or the other. Um, but even if I was motivated by that, it's not something that would last. Like That's not the kind of motivation that, that, that gets you through anything significant. I am who I am every single day. I think we've been doing a good job this, you know, this offseason, this training camp, and all the way into week one. Flacco was asked about the Ravens' decision to draft Lamar Jackson, but who better to turn to than our Hall of Fame quarterback, Steve Young? And Steve, I recognize it was against the Bills, but we did see some good things from Joe Flacco, as we have before in week one. Do you expect that to continue? Yeah, I, and actually, I don't really believe Joe. I, I, you, you draft a star on the, you know, Heisman Trophy, you get some, that's a lot of stuff that comes in behind you. And suddenly yeah. you thought you were good for another five, six years. And suddenly, you know, now I don't know that I'm going to be, are they going to groom him? Am I gone? Do I need, and it ups your game, doesn't matter. Now you bring in Michael Crabtree, Sneed Brown, you get people who are professionals, who can do the job, who can hold, you know, they're, they're going to be open. Joe, get me the ball. In, my, in many ways, I think this is the, a way to get, Joe's a flatline kind of guy. It's how he plays, it's part of his success. But I think an energized Joe Flacco, somebody who's super focused and, and feels heat from behind him, really does matter, Wendy. It's certainly not always the worst thing. On the other sideline is Andy Dalton. How much of Andy Dalton, how much of a make-or-break year is this for Dalton? Well, he's had a, he's had a number of make-or-break <laughs> years. I think they've been very patient. I, I think the same kind of thing with Joe Flacco. You've got to expect him to draft a quarterback uh, no matter what to put some heat on him. Um, if he has a great year, I think they'll still draft a quarterback. I think that right now um, he knows that it's the NFL and it's not for long. And he's gotten a lot of, I think, support from the, the Bengals through a lot of hard times. And he needs to uh, claim his his job. And, he, and that's true for everybody every week, every year. But more than, more so for Andy, I got to expect that as he ages a little bit, they'll bring they're going to have to spend a draft pick and spend, and spend on instead on a big tackle, they're going to have to put it on a quarterback to put some heat on Andy. 
All right, Steve, stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a minute. We'll switch gears, though, and talk about this defense, this Ravens defense, which Teddy is no yes. joke. Yes, Wendy. And Come on over, my buddy. You know, Come on Teddy has a touch screen. He's, he's ready to roll. Yes, and I absolutely love watching the Baltimore Ravens play defense because of all their disguises and how smart they are. Look at this right here. Only one defensive lineman in a two-point stance. Everybody In a three-point stance. Everybody else is standing up. You don't know who's coming, who's rushing. Safety's here. Are they dropping? There's so much indecision. But Tony Jefferson right here, remember this. One, two, three, four, five yards. Five yards Figured from up. the line of scrimmage. And all, when that happens, when he, when Nathan Peterman sees all of this, all of this movement, he doesn't know where to go with the ball. He just throws it deep and then Guess who gets the interception? That's Tony Jefferson now 30 yards down the field. That is a certain amount of disguise that a lot of young quarterbacks can't handle. Even veteran quarterbacks have problems with that. Now, the one guy that you really have to keep an eye on in this Baltimore Raven defense is Eric Weddle because he's the one that starts all of this movement right here. Here he is. You don't know whether he's dropping, whether he's coming in a blitz. And right here, he ends up coming on a blitz the offensive line doesn't know what he's doing. The running back misses him. And then this is what causes the interception. But it's about the disguise, about the communication, about all the confusion they cause the quarterbacks. Andy Dalton's going to have a huge problem with that tonight because that's what they're the best at in the National Football League. Disguise, communication, and confusing quarterbacks, Wendy. Teddy, thank you. And Darren, uh, you know, both teams have to play defense. Let's talk a little bit about this Bengals defensive line. Well, I think it's – look, you look at Carlos Dunlap and, of course, Geno Atkins, and there's two guys that put pressure on you all the time. Geno Atkins is a guy up the middle. He's going to collapse a tackle. He's going to make Joe Flacco get outside and make him use his legs and make him throw on a run. And then Carlos Dunlap is a guy on the outside – that can get get on, on the edge, and he has that lean about him. I like what I see in Cincinnati. They surprised me just this past week by what they did up front, how aggressive they were in their play calling on the defensive side of the ball, and the confidence that they played. They played with a ton of confidence with this defensive front that I hadn't seen in, in, in a number of years. I like them in this game. I, I think this is going to be a very good physical football game, but I think the D-line of Cincinnati is going to really be the, the, the one that takes them over the edge. Adam, I, let, me, let me ask you this real quick about something Steve said. Do you buy that Joe Flacco has been energized or perhaps motivated, even if he doesn't want to say so, or maybe even if he doesn't realize it, by the presence of Lamar Jackson? 100%. He's had the best training camp of his career. Yeah. He came out and played very well his first week, and he has struggled over the course of his career in Cincinnati. So this is something of a redemption game inside a redemption season for him. And when we're talking about a redemption game and a redemption season, you go back to last year, the way the Ravens' season ended. They go into Cincinnati. They have to win that game to go to the postseason. They're in the lead. They have the Bengals fourth and 18. Fourth and 18. And the Bengals throw a 47-yard touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd to win the game to send Baltimore home and to send <laughs> Buffalo into jubilation yeah. and to benefit all these charities for Andy Dalton. Do the charitable contribution. So this really, I think, is a continuation of unfinished business for the Ravens' defense, yeah. for Joe Flacco to go back to the site where their season ended last year. I don't think any one of them has forgotten that visit there. Well, and the Ravens' defense, as Teddy pointed out, no joke, a league-high 36 takeaways since this, this start of this time 
this time last year, I mm. should say. So they've they've gotten it done. We'll have a live report from Cincinnati. Dan Graziano joins us in just a bit. Uh, among our other top stories today, though, the health and status of Aaron Rodgers. He did not practice today. Instead, once again, receiving treatment for what's being called a sprained knee. You heard Coach Mike McCarthy. This is no layup regarding his status for Sunday. Here's what Rodgers said about the injury yesterday. How much does the knee tighten up and, and I don't know, sore pain level after the game come Monday, Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, adrenaline Sunday night and obviously uh, pretty sore the last three days. I'm feeling a little better, uh, a little better uh, every day, Monday, Tuesday, and uh, now today. Yeah, I mean, I want to play, obviously, but uh, you know, just take it one day at a time, see how it feels uh, tomorrow, and you know, see how it feels Friday, Saturday, <laughs> and then hopefully you're ready to go Sunday. And will you need to practice it all this week in order to play Sunday? Is that critical? Nope. Well, Mike McCarthy echoed that sentiment that it is possible that Rodgers would not see the practice field this week and, and could start. You know, it's different. After the game on Sunday, he said, absolutely, I'll play. But that's just how it works. You know, he wants to play, Adam. But what else do you hear coming out of Green Bay? I, I think there's some concern about Aaron Rodgers, of course. And if he is able to play, and my guess, and I emphasize guess, is that he will be out there but it's not a certainty because they want to see how the week goes, is that he will be limited with his mobility, obviously. He will be stuck in that pocket against a tough Vikings pass rush. He will not run around and make things happen the way that we're used to seeing Aaron Rodgers do on a regular basis. And it's not a bad thing for him to be stuck in the pocket, standing back there, being stationary. I see Teddy shaking his head and laughing. He doesn't have something interesting to say here. I can tell. But I think he's going to be forced to stand in that pocket and be a different kind of quarterback than he's used to being normally, the way he was in the second half on Sunday when he rallied the team from behind. But I do think that this knee is an issue, whether or not he plays. I do think it's going to be an issue for a little bit of time here, and he's going to have to get used to playing with some pain and some discomfort as the season goes on here. Yes, this is not a conversation that you want in week two. I mean, this is, this is late week 16, 17 type of conversations when you're talking about getting back to play to fight for a home field advantage or something like that. This is a, a different situation when you're thinking about long-term 16 games and you got a quarterback that – Already in week two. Exactly. I mean, we're talking about not practicing I, all the way to I'm the game. I'm of the belief of why risk it? Why risk it? You have a long season ahead of you. Why risk it? Why not allow him to get – and I understand it's a division game. Minnesota's coming to town. Mm-hmm. They were the division champs last year. But this is a long they season. They knocked him out of the season this last year. Yeah. 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 broke his collarbone. Exactly. And they're going to bring pressure. And yeah. you better believe Mike Zimmer is going to find ways to find some wrinkles. I would, I would wait on this process. I would let him rest. Well, Mike Zimmer himself said Aaron Rodgers walks on water, so he expects him to be out there. Yeah, a little yeah. dig. A little backdoor yeah. dig yeah. right sharks there. Sharks in those water, though, too. Listen. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 if that mobility is limited for Rodgers, how troubling is that, especially against that Vikings pass rush? Look. I think there's a sense outside the Packers organization and inside the Packers organization. They're not going to win unless Aaron Rodgers plays. Now, they're not going to admit that. Of course not. But that's how it feels. And so Aaron has a tremendous amount of pressure to get on the field because that's going to give him a shot to win. Even if he's one-legged, even if he can't move, even if they're going to just call slants and drags and, and the ball comes out, and at least it gives him a shot to put the ball in the end zone. Look, it's going to take four weeks for him to feel good. Uh, maybe not 100%, but to feel good. In the next four weeks, whether he stri- strained some ligaments or broke a bone or whatever he did, it's going to take those 30 days to get better. So in the meantime, you can go ahead and play. You can play on one leg. It's going to be very careful because 
It's not the second half of a game that you're already in the middle of where, the, like you said, the adrenaline's rushing, the defense hasn't made its adjustments. I mean, I thought the Bears had a horrible adjustment in the second half for a guy that couldn't move. They didn't get to him. They didn't put much pressure on him. Look, the, the Vikings are going to be different, so this is going to be hard. But at least it gives them a shot in their mind. Now, maybe they need to go prove that they can win with somebody else. But in the past, that hasn't been the case. Last week, it certainly looked like a disaster. So there's tremendous amount of pressure for Aaron to get on the field. And if he can, which he can, very, very limited, but he can get on the field. I think he's going to give it a shot, but I, I worry about it like everybody else. Yeah, limited, and he also has not ruled out having to wear a knee brace, and that affects things as well. While we're talking about the Packers, it's not the only injury. Uh, Devontae Adams also banged up. Back at practice today had the shoulder injury that prevented him from practicing on Wednesday, but he was out there today catching passes on the jugs machine, so the fact that he's back today on Thursday will tell you, no, he's not at full strength, but I would think that he will be out there. He, like everybody else in Green Bay, knows the importance of this game. And throwing the season, Devontae Adams went down against Chicago, banged that shoulder pretty good. But it looks like he's going to be out there. Again, another Packer playing through pain. A lot of players playing through pain in this week, too. It's week two. Vikings and Packers coming up, uh, ready or not. Sunday brings a rematch of last season's AFC Championship game. The Patriots head to Jacksonville. Remember, the Jags took a 10-point lead into the fourth quarter in that game. They came up short. And in his wide-ranging interview with ESPN The Magazine, Jalen Ramsey offered his thoughts on any number of things, including facing Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. And here's what he said about Gronk. I don't think Gronk's good. Let me say, I don't think Gronk is as great as people think he is. Anytime Gronk has been matched up with a corner, he's had a very bad game, and that corner had a very good game. Here's what Gronk and Brady had to say about Ramsey's comments. Jalen Ramsey had a lot to say about various quarterbacks around the league. Uh, he said, you don't suck. How does it feel to, <laughs> to not suck? Um, to not suck? Yeah. I, I never want to suck, so I don't want to be in that category. He's a great player. He's a great player, yeah. He's very talented, big, fast, very rare talents, rare abilities, size, speed. Uh, they match him up with, you know, the, the top receiver from time to time, and, you know, he, he holds his own versus everybody. So he's a great young player. That was a trick, trick question. You're trying to get me to say something, right? All right. But it doesn't, doesn't. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Because, I mean, it motivates you. You're hearing that, uh, you know. Obviously, there, there's something out there that he saw on film and stuff that I could probably get better at football um, in, in some certain categories. I mean, you don't always feel the best every single day when you're out on the field. So that's how he feels. That's how he feels. Gronk diplomacy, Jeff, at its finest. Jeff Darlington checks in now from Jacksonville. And, Jeff, uh, what is Ramsey's mindset and what's he saying coming into this game now that it's here versus Grady and Bronk? Well, Wendy, we're actually going to get the chance to talk to Jalen Ramsey within the next hour. And honestly, you never know. I should preface this by saying what you're going to get out of Ramsey. Sometimes he'll go off on half the league and tell you exactly what he thinks. Today he could say, I'm going to save it for the field. We'll have to wait and see. But what I can add is that this organization has continued to defend Ramsey and sort of support him when he trash talks. Like, I was just in uh, in general manager Dave Caldwell's office kind of asking him, does do people get, like, bothered when he talks like this? And you think, like, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, two guys are sort of known for being a little bit more conservative. Uh, they just don't mind. They embrace it because this is a fiery squad, a, 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 a team that really wants to be active and chattery. And, and I think that as an organization, they're behind Ramsey, and they'll continue to let him say what he wants to say as long as he backs it up on the field. 
All right, fair enough. They do seem old school. It's a bit of a surprise. Uh, we do have to ask you about right. Leonard Fournette. He's banged up with an injured hamstring. What's the latest there? Wendy, he was not on the practice field when we were out there a little bit ago, and uh, TJ Yeldon is taking the first team reps. Now, Doug Marone has said that the plan is to test that right hamstring, which has been called a minor injury, on Friday to see if he's going to be able to give it a go on Sunday. Now, certainly they do have the two extra days between Friday and Sunday, but I think that they'll have a good idea on Friday whether he can go. Blake Bortles pointing out an interesting fact, though. Last season, when Fournette was down, the team still won all three of those games, and I went back and checked. It was actually by a combined score of 95-14. to 14. Now, none of those teams were the New England Patriots, but not bad when at least you're going in knowing that you can win, even if Fournette is not a go, Wendy. Fair enough. It beats the alternative, that's for sure. Jeff, thank you. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy geico Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. A juicy AFC West showdown on Sunday between the Raiders and Broncos at Mile High. Denver eyeing a 2-0 start for the sixth straight season. John Gruden and company looking to bounce back from a 20-point drubbing by the L.A. Rams at home in week one. Speaking of the new head coach, here's what he said about Amari Cooper, who had just one catch for nine yards. You look at the film, we had him wide open deep. We didn't go there. He was open a couple of times, and for whatever reason, we didn't go that route. Yeah, we want to get him going. That's easier said than done now. And with that, it is sounds good, sounds bad, as we look at a number of things said this week. Teddy, I'll ask you what Gruden had to say about Amari Cooper. Sounds good, sounds bad. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, that's a coach honestly saying what he saw on film. If you've got some receivers open deep, I'm sure Amari Cooper appreciated that to where maybe it motivates his quarterback to throw him the ball deep. I mean, that's who Gruden is. He's going to tell you how he sees it as players, I guess as media members now. Yeah. <laughs> it's refreshing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, like it. criticize. Basically, he's not being really critical of the quarterback position at all. I mean, I just think he's, he's just saying sort what he stating, feels. Saying what he Carr, does Derek Carr take that as a shot at no. all? You don't think – No, and Derek, no. Derek will probably say, There's you know, no I did. I okay. should. I probably should have hit him deep. There's no All right, issue. then that, yeah. that, that's what it is. Up next for the Saints are the Browns, who are expected to start Tyrod Taylor for a second week. Drew Brees, though, was asked about some advice for first-round draft pick. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. All right, I'm not, I'm not sure who – we couldn't hear that, but I will tell you what he said, basically. Uh, Drew Brees said, Baker Mayfield has an opportunity to be better than me, Adam, which is, which is something else because he's a certain first-round Hall of Famer. Uh, sounds good, sounds bad. Well, that sounds good, but the difference between Drew Brees and Baker Mayfield is night and day, and Baker Mayfield has to do all these little things that Drew Brees has done through the years that have enabled him to be Drew Brees. It's all the time, all the extra effort 
all the extra thought that he puts into this job. And Baker Mayfield has that kind of ability to get there. They're both from the Austin area. They're both in the six-foot-and-under club. I like that club. And, <laughs> but, again, to get to that point, it takes a huge level of commitment and dedication. Baker Mayfield certainly capable of getting there. It's up to him to get there. And leave it to a guy like Drew Brees to say that. That's, just, that's just the person. Hey, what a compliment. Yeah, it, a right? Little, a little bit of added pressure to put on Baker, too. Exactly. Hey, how about throwing your first professional you know, touchdown in the regular season game? How about that one? Oh, oh, oh saying, there, I mean, we're okay, fair enough. You know, like. All right, we'll give you a turn because you're, you're, you got something to say. How, how about this? The Bills will turn to rookie Josh Allen in week two. Head coach Sean McDermott explained why earlier in the week. Listen up. We talk a lot in-house about decisions and things and what we've got to do and, and the right move at the right time. And, and right now, Sal, this, with all respect to your question, this is the right move for us. It's the right move for our team. It's the right move for our team. Uh-huh. It's the right move. That's what we got. It's the right move for us uh, and where we are. It's the right move. It's the right move for our football team. And I'm not going any further than that. It's the right move for our team. I've got confidence in Josh. I have confidence in this football team. And it's the right move for our team. Just like this, I feel like is the right move. I feel like that was the right move. Um, and, and, I, and I'll take that to my grave. I'm always going to try and make the right move for our football team. It's the right move for our team which I keep coming back to. <laughs> yeah, you did. You came right back to it 14 times. I like that music, by the way. All right, Darren, listen, it's, I, don't, I don't know if you heard it. It's the right move for his football team. Uh, sounds good. Sounds yeah. bad. <laughs> it sounds good. I like what Shefty just said. He didn't say he said it off campus, but it's the only move. Yes. It's the only move that well, Jalen Rose said that. Credit to Jalen Rose said that this morning. <laughs> and it's sort of like that we're on the Cincinnati thing. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. over and over How and many over times again, did he you know? say it? Do you remember? I don't. We had a counter for that, too, but I don't remember how many times he hit it. But he's, you know, listen, he said he did it the, said it the right way. Look, there, this is Josh Allen's team. And we, we've seen enough of Nathan Peterman. Two, two interceptions last week and, you know, last year against the San Diego Chargers, he threw five interceptions in the first half. So first half. It, it's, it's, it's time for Josh Allen to be the future and the face of this franchise and win better to start than this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Nathan Peterman made sense for that week one. You never know if yeah. that first half was an aberration, but I think now it's safe to say you got to look elsewhere. A conclusion is probably made now I, I, Nathan I Peterman. I think that's fair that, enough. Uh, they need to move on. Yeah, probably. all right. We're going to move on to Steve Young. He's back with us. Time now for our quarterback spotlight. And as we always do, we'll start glass half full, Steve. Who you got for a quarterback in a pretty good spot this week? You know what? I like Samuel Darnold. Wow. I mean, I, I, I know the Dolphins. I know it's interdivision. But I, there's this honeymoon period when you a team realizes, oh, my gosh, we're going to be good for the next 10 years or at least have a chance. And there's this honeymoon period. Look at the Garoppolo 49ers last year. It was like everybody gets better. Everybody's better than they were the week before. And I think that that matchup is going to be nice for the Jets back home. You can imagine the reception, the excitement. And I think Sam's up to that kind of expectation. There's going to be bumps in the road. Well, growing pains and all the rest of it. But there is this little honeymoon period where I think the Jets are really going to dominate. Break up the Jets, Steve. How about a quarterback in a tough spot? I. How about the Cardinals going to the Rams? I watched the Rams five feet away last week, especially in the second half. They have nothing that they're missing. They are loaded and complete, and they know it. And I think that this is a defense that could hold people under 10 points. They can be as good as the Vikings or any of the best defenses in the league. And so when you go play the Rams, not only do you have to score 35, you got to do it through the, one of the best defenses in the league. That's why the Rams are so dangerous. And so I think Sam Bradford headed to the Rams. This might be the, we might be seeing a new quarterback next week if, if it keeps up. 
All right, Steve, I'm going to say it for you. Until proven otherwise, your quarterback you want regardless. Can you believe Tom Brady? I mean, come on. I mean, it's all, it really is. It's getting ridiculous where I say to myself, well, at 41, you have to show something that shows the, your age. You have to. You cannot just and, – and I'm telling you, the way he, he sits in the pocket, he's reading, throwing balls, putting – his accuracy, everything about his arm strength, his, his, the, 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 the action in his arm, all the things you look for to, to kind of degrade over time. I mean, I hope there's not a cliff coming because it's amazing what he does. It, it really does defy any conventional wisdom, but there you go. Uh, how about a breakout candidate, a potential quarterback to have a breakthrough performance? I think the guy that Baker Mayfield compare was compared to this week, Drew Brees, is going to have the breakout. He had a breakout. I mean, that's funny. He scored 40. And I, I, he didn't break out. It, look, you cannot go two games at home in the, in the Mercedes-Benz Dome, in the Superdome, and, and lose. You can't go 0-2 at home. And they get the Cleveland Browns, and Drew Brees is going to, if he has to score 60, Drew Brees is going to figure out how to do it. And so they will break out and win this football game. All right, Steve, we'll be back with you in just a minute. Right now, though, Adam Schefter, a quarterback storyline you're watching. Well, I think I'm watching Deshaun Watson because everybody was watching him last week, and everybody's very excited that he's back and very happy, and you want to see how he responds to that knee. And last week when you watched him against the Patriots, he looked timid. He looked tentative. And I don't know whether that was the knee or the tough defense that the Patriots were playing, but he just didn't look like himself. He didn't look like the guy who last year when he played was an MVP candidate in the league. Just look a little slow, a little tentative, a little timid, and you want to see if he breaks out against a team like the Houston Texans or the Tennessee Titans that he lit up last year at home when he played Tennessee, had one of his best games of the year. That's a fair point. All right, we leave no stone unturned, including the fantasy angle on this situation. So here's Matthew Berry, quarterback love-hate. Thanks, Wendy. Quarterback I love this week, Ben Roethlisberger. Look, I, I know. He looked brutal last week, but I expect a lot better playing this week at home. Last five years, when Big Ben is at Heinz Field, he averages over 23 fantasy points a game. And I love the matchup against this Chiefs defense that really struggled in week one. Last two years, Kansas City allowed the fifth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. With Patrick Mahomes on the other side, I expect a lot of scoring in this one. Big Ben, a top three quarterback play for me this week. Quarterback I'm not so crazy about this week, Russell Wilson going on the road without Doug Baldwin to face the Bears and Khalil Mack. Last three seasons, when Wilson is on the road, he averages 4.6 fewer fantasy points per game. And hey, this is no easy matchup, right? Last year, when Chicago played at home, they allowed the third fewest touchdown passes and the eighth fewest fantasy points per game. Obviously, the Bears defense a lot better this season. Wilson, merely a mid-level QB2 for me this week. Tyreek Hill showed off his blazing speed week one. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, he clocked at 21.8 miles per hour in his 91-yard punt return for a touchdown. He upped that on his 58-yard receiving TD, almost getting up to 22 miles an hour. There's only been one faster touch in the last two seasons, Leonard Fournette, on his 90-yard touchdown run against the Steelers. He's not been able to break loose against Pittsburgh, though. His opponent on Sunday... Hill's fastest speed in three games, 18.1 miles per hour, just his 38th fastest play from scrimmage since 2016. Time now to look at the Modelo gold standard stat, and it's generally been tough sledding for Tyreek Hill against that steel curtain. Without room to run, he's had just 92 scrimmage yards on 19 touches in three career games against Pittsburgh. The Steelers, the only team he's ever faced and not ripped off a play longer than 10 yards 
against. Patrick Mahomes hopes to follow up his stellar week one performance, this time, though, on the road against the Steelers. And, yes, no Le'Veon Bell again for Pittsburgh, who's removed him from the depth chart altogether. The Steelers coming off last week's tie against the Cleveland Browns on the road. We're joined now by our Steelers reporter, Jeremy Fowler. Uh, how do the Steelers plan to handle that Mahomes-Hill combination, Jeremy? <laughs> well, Wendy, that combo has Steelers headquarters buzzing right now. And Coach Mike Tomlin said it's simple. We can't let them throw short passes that turn into 50, 60-yard games. That's going to be the key. But I spoke with safety Morgan Burnett about that. He said the problem is... With a guy with Mahomes' big arm, you tend to cheat, either deep or cheat to the line of scrimmage, and that's when they make the splash play over the top. So these players have been preaching discipline all week in that locker room. And cornerback Artie Burns was a track star at the University of Miami. Even he knows that he can't outrun Hill. So he's going by a clear two-step process. Never leave his side and make sure you gang tackle him. So the bodies will be flying in Heinz Field. All right, speaking of bodies, Ben Roethlisberger, David DeCastro, both a little bit banged up. They've missed practice this week. What can you tell us there? Well, the Steelers are practicing right now, and from what I've been told, Josh Dobbs, the backup, has been expected to get the majority of the work in the Wednesday-Thursday practice window, but that's no reason to panic because Friday will be the barometer. Roethlisberger is likely just getting rest on that swollen elbow, and by Friday, if he can participate in full, the Steelers feel very good about playing him, and Roethlisberger has said he plans to play Sunday against the Chiefs. And David DeCastro is a different situation because I saw his hand in the locker room. It was awfully swollen. He said it's so bad that he can't even put a cast on it yet. He's just waiting for that swelling to subside. Jeremy, thank you. A good time now for our pass catcher spotlight. We've seen what quarterbacks are in prime position. How about those who catch on the other end? Darren, somebody you like, a matchup for a pass catcher you prefer. I like Antonio Brown this week against Kansas City. And we saw just last week against San Diego with Kansas City. Keenan Allen had a big day. He had eight catches for 108 yards and a TD. Look at Antonio Brown to get started early in this game with a quick screen game and then match up deep down the field. I think Antonio Brown has a huge, huge game this Sunday. The flip side of that coin, Teddy, a pass catcher who could have some trouble courtesy of a matchup. And pretty much anybody who attempts to catch the pa- a pass from the Buffalo Bills when they play the <laughs> San Diego Chargers. I know Nathan Peterman struggled last week, but when Josh Allen came in too, I really thought he was seeing also ghosts in the pocket where the rush wasn't there, but he braced himself for contact. A lot of progress has to be made with this young rookie quarterback. And what I see right now is him struggling, the Bills offense struggling. Kelvin Benjamin is going to be a slow day because I don't know how much the receivers will fight for these 50-50 balls based on the effort I saw from them last week. That's terrible. He just went with the whole group. Yes. You show lack of effort, huh? It is. Yes. Absolutely. Josh Allen, by the way, probably know, getting his first NFL start. Good luck. Okay, who do you want regardless? I'm assuming it's not the Bills. It's not the Bills. (laughs) I'm going with Michael Thomas. You just talked about fighting for balls and trying to get body position. There's not a tougher receiver in the league than Michael Thomas. This guy can do a little bit of everything. Great route runner, big hands, has a huge catch radius, and he's Drew Brees' favorite target. So you know he's going to have a big day, and he's going up against one of his former teammates at Ohio State and Denzel Ward. So believe me, this, this Michael Thomas is going to be up for this game. 
I like what I see in this kid, and he's going to be totally different than Kelvin Benjamin as far as effort is concerned. All right, a potential breakout pass catcher. I'm going to go with D-Hop down at the Houston Texans, DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't think you can hold this guy down two weeks in a row. I know the defense in Tennessee, they may have similar concepts as the New England Patriots because Mike Vrabel's there and he knows how to double team in various different ways a certain receiver and you have to take Hopkins away. However, I just think Hop's going to find a way. Okay, Deshaun Watson is going to force feed him the ball deep down the field off of scrambles. I think he has a productive day and comes back. All right, a bounce back week. To Adam, what you watching? Well, you mentioned earlier the way that Pittsburgh has contained Tyreek Hill. There's not a team in the league when they've gone up against the Chiefs that's done a better job of containing him, holding up to 6.1 yards per catch in the three meetings the last two years. Nobody's done that to him. If you take away Tyreek Hill, does that mean that Sammy Watkins finally comes through and plays to a $16 million a year value? Does that mean Travis Kelsey, who was quiet last week, bursts onto the scene in Pittsburgh and scores a couple of times? Tyreek Hill, the Steelers have done an unbelievable job containing. And right now, he's about as exciting as any player in the game. So let's see if they can keep that up. You heard Jeremy talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers' plan for trying to contain Hill, slow him down. Teddy, agree or disagree? Well, it's, it's what you say in the defensive meetings when he catches those short passes because that little toss right there to him in the backfield as he's doing that jet sweep motion, that's a pass. Right. They consider that a pass. That's two easy receptions. Those you can't prevent, but rallying up and tackle those, a quick in-cut, a quick slant, that's where you need linebackers, defensive ends, everyone, the pursuit. That's probably what they are preaching in defensive meeting rooms in Pittsburgh. And you have to give Andy Reid a ton of credit because he's gone back into the college I – mean, this is a college football – this is an offense. All the college football teams are playing. And they're finding ways to get the ball to his playmakers. And Tyreek Hill is a guy – I don't care. You can throw five guys, ten guys over there try to double cover. This guy is a lightning bug and it's hard to tackle him in open space. You talk about smoke and mirrors yeah. in terms yeah. of what they show safeties exactly. and linebackers where our keys are certain things. And if a guard and an offensive line goes a certain way with a motion that goes this way, even though there's a jet sweep going the other way, I got to honor this. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, Tyreek so fast, you don't have to block anybody. That's like, that's not traditional football. It's smoke and mirrors, and it's tough to defend. Well, it's fun to watch, unless, of course, you're the other team's defense. I imagine it's not so fun at that point. I don't like watching yeah, it. Yeah, I bet you don't like it. <laughs> it depends on your perspective. There's no doubt. Here's Matthew Berry with pass catcher love-hate. Thanks, Wendy. Pass catcher I love in week two, Nelson Aguilar of the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, first off, great matchup against a really banged-up Buccaneers secondary that just gave up 439 passing yards to Drew Brees. Last two years, Tampa Bay allows the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They just lost Vernon Hargraves for the season. No Eagles wide receiver getting more looks than Nelson Aguilar. Ten targets last week, most among Eagles wideouts. No Alshon Jeffrey in this game again. So a lot of Nelson Aguilar against a Buccaneers team that allows the highest yards per attempt and completion percentage to slot receivers, where Aguilar often lines up. He's my wide receiver 21 this week. Pass catcher I feel will fall short of expectations. T.Y. Hilton going on the road face an underrated Redskins defense. Over the last two years, did you know that the Redskins are the fifth toughest defense against opposing wide receivers? They've also generated the most pressure on opposing quarterbacks in that span. And against that struggling Colts offensive line, Andrew Luck is going to have to get rid of the ball quickly and keep the ball short. That hurts Hilton, who does most of his work down the field. Hilton's my wide receiver 16 this week, so I'm still starting him, but I would temper expectations. Matthew, thank you. Press coverage now from Sarah Barshop. It's an injury update. 
Uh, Will Fuller with the hamstring practicing again for the Texans. He and head coach Bill O'Brien hopeful that he will play that game Sunday against the Titans. Quarterback bingo. I know. It's the highlight of everybody's week. Yeah. I think you've played bingo. I hope so. You know how that works. In this case, we've got every team represented by a ball. So 32 balls. Assuming they're not any in these guys' pockets, which happens on occasion. Sometimes. Uh, oh, Steve Young will answer the, the team's quarterback question, okay? So we don't know what's coming. He doesn't know what's coming. This is how we do it. Go ahead, TB. All right, Steve, you ready? Teddy, pull it out. I know what you got. I You're know not what ready. You got. You got the, not you got the He's not tape ready. on the Patriots. <laughs> okay, so I'm going, Steve, with Let's... the Buffalo Bills and Josh <laughs> and Josh Allen, Knock the new out, rookie Steve. quarterback, starting. Go ahead and have fun. <laughs> What fun, I mean, I, in many ways, you think about what a young quarterback's got to do. Sam Darnold's got to do more. That's why this, his job is so hard. He has to be a reason that they win. And he was last week, but that's a hard spot to be in. Josh Allen's got to figure out how not to be the reason that you lose. And that's a place that a young quarterback can can achieve. Like, and you can do that. Like, look, I got 49 other professionals, veterans, guys that can go win a game. How do I not lose it for them? And that's what he's got to focus on. I know it sounds stupid, but in the end, it's just, look, can I be neutral? To this, the effort that the Bills are not—the Bills are not nearly as bad as they were last week—and he needs to add to that, add to not being as bad by 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 neutral. He doesn't have to be great. Steve, I think that sounds positive. That's as good as we're going to get right now. I like it. That's a positive spin. Way to give him Listen, some he doesn't know what's yeah, coming. Please. So, yeah, 30, save yourself, Josh. 31. 31 right. teams left. Mm, you're looking. You look everywhere. Steve, I, didn't, I just looked in there right now. I have to grab the ball. Uh, Steve, we have the Baltimore, oh, the Baltimore Ravens, Ravens and Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. What are you kidding me? I, I if they if they drafted a kid right behind me, number one or number two, and that's like he's the future. I am energized. I am focused. I am. My job is on the line. I don't care what I'm getting paid. I know that I care about my, and I think that has the energy. And we talked about it earlier in the show. We know that Joe is flatline. He's just that kind of a guy. But this is energizing, and then he's got some players. I mean, Sneed and, and uh, 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 Michael Crabtree. He's got people that, you know, the guys that can right. go out and yeah. expect the football. I, I think this is great for Joe. And I think that we should just keep adding the pressure because Joe, a little bit of energy, seems to be really positive. So I think we should just continue to say, Joe, this is it. Your job's on the line. Yeah. You should tell him every week, hey, Joe, you play well this week or you're going to be cut. Turn <laughs> up the dial. Joe's Turn like, yeah. Dial. Like, it's like, amazing. Yeah, what a little, what a little motivation. Right, one too. more. Yes. One more at least. Quarterback okay. bingo. Here we go. Quarterback bingo. What you got? All right, the Philadelphia Eagles. With Nick Bowles hopefully Carson having a Wentz better not week. Yet. Carson Wentz on the men. What you got, Steve-O? I think we got one of the best teams in football. Uh, I saw the, one of the other best teams in football in the Rams last week. And they're going to see each other at some point this year, no matter what. Uh, and I think Nick Bowles is going to, what did we say last year? I'm, I'm going to open up all my playbook, and I'm going to have you protect me as the coach. I'm going to call every play. You saw that happen last week when they were just a little bit slow getting out of the gates. I think you'll see significant improvement. And Nick Foles can carry this team. The idea that we have to have Carson Wentz to go back, I think Carson Wentz is a great player. He's going to be a great player for 15 years. I'm not worried about Nick Foles doing his job. All right, Steve, you get better at this every week, yes. I swear. You keep the, keep well, this up, bad, we're never going to stop. How bad was I? <laughs> no, not at oh, all. Oh, you're doing the Joe Flacco thing. Nothing you're doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Turn up the pressure, Steve. This quarterback bingo really makes you nervous. Yeah, you I know it Fred does. You got ready to do quarterback bingo or something? <laughs> all right. Up next is the running backs. The running back spotlight will start. 
again, the positive, uh, the positive aspect of this, Teddy, uh, a good matchup for a running back out there. I'm going to the old man in Adrian Peterson, who surprised Ooh. a lot. Week yes, one. he did. And he's going up against a Colt defense that allowed five yards of carry last week. But Adrian Peterson is showing, I mean, this, this new age quarterback age, is he showing a new running back age where he is still up there in age, I think it's 33 years old, Adam, something like that. But he's yeah. still running the ball hard against the Colts. I think he has another productive day, possibly getting 100 yards, breaking that 100-yard barrier, passing that 96 you got last week, Adrian Peterson. The vet. Let's the go. Vet getting it done. Why not is huh? right. Yeah, why not? All right, why not uh, point <laughs> out somebody who, who, uh, who's going to have a tough day at the office? I'm going to go with Carlos Hyde, and it's not because of production and what he's going to do on the field. It's just because they're going to be playing from behind against a New Orleans Saints team who got embarrassed last week against a Saints team that's going to put up a lot of points. And Carlos Hyde may not get but eight to ten touches. I think you're going to see more of Duke Johnson in the passing game because they're going to be playing from behind. I like what I saw in Carlos Hyde last week. I like what I saw with him in the preseason. But no touches this week. A lack of touches holds him down. Again, this is less about the player as the matchup yeah, they're the facing. Matchup and week is... to week, it can really vary. Who do you want regardless? In this case, though, we're saying it doesn't vary. Regardless, it doesn't matter at all. I'm going with Alvin Kamara. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this guy is like the Matrix out there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's talked about it himself. I'm like the Matrix. I just disappear. <laughs> I dodge bullets. That's a future tape-off, by the way, but we'll talk well, about that on go. Friday. All right? Bring Don't that. take Bring that from me, by the way. I'm <laughs> my sunglasses out for that one. But this guy is the Matrix. I don't think he can be stopped until somebody does, I will take him every single week, Alvin Kamara. Fair pressure, enough. Pressure is on Darren Woodson to come up with an equally good tape off for yes. Friday. For by the way, by the way, that suit is really nice, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if he's a judge. Just saying. Just That's saying. a bit, you know. Yeah, sure. You're just saying. All right. How about how about a potential breakout candidate? I'm going with James Conner. And last week, I was on the set last week, and we called out. I personally called out the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line to get him over 100 yards. Mm -hmm. Well, he got more than 100 yards last week. And this is a tough running back. And we saw him a little bit in the preseason. But when he's inside those tackles, he puts his helmet down, he some shoulder pads down, and makes tough runs. I like what I saw in them last week. I think the, the old line, the Steelers stepped up. They will step up again this week. Connor will have a James Connor will have another big week. It's Hold a, it's on a to great ball, story. Yes, fella. sir. Yes, Hold sir. on to the ball, yeah. big fella. It'll be a good day for you. What yeah, you watching? Well, I'm watching the Patriot running backs because we've been watching the Patriot wide receivers all summer long. They've made 20 roster moves at wide receiver. And now at running back, they are without Jeremy Hill, who tore his ACL. Mm. Rex Burkhead is in concussion protocol. And that means James White is the last man standing. Now, they did sign Kenyon Barner this week. So he's in the backfield. But I think James White is the only healthy running back that started the season on the 53-man roster against a tough Jacksonville defense. Again, not a great matchup for New England's offense, but James White may be the workhorse on Sunday. And usually he's the third-down clutch red zone yeah. back. He may be an every-down back on Sunday. Yeah, you don't want James Devlin getting four or five receptions like he did last week every single week. I mean, James White's going to have to step up a lot of those running backs, too. So... Rex Burkhead, that's a tough injury for him. It is. Uh, and Matthew Berry will have the uh, repercussions thereof. Here he is with running back Love Hate. Thanks, Wendy. Running back I love this week is the Redskins' Adrian Peterson. That's right. My team at home against the Indianapolis Colts. You know, last week, Peterson, looking young as ever, had 28 touches, second most in the entire NFL. I expect Washington to be leading in this game, which means more volume for the future Hall of Famer especially against a Colts defense that has allowed 16 rushing touchdowns over the last two years. 
tied for fourth most in the NFL. You know the last nine running backs to get 20 touches against the Colts. Averaged over 18 fantasy points per game. Love Peterson this week. He's my running back 15. Running back I'm not so high on this week is the Titans' Derrick Henry. He's at home against the Texans. Honestly, I didn't think Henry looked great last week. And I thought Deion Lewis did. Now, some of it was game flow and the weather delays played a part, I'm sure. But how can you trust starting Derrick Henry? Less than 35% of the Titans' rushing attempts last week. He played less than 30% of their snaps. Houston, a top 10 defense against running backs over the last two years. Henry, outside my top 20 this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick came up clutch for the Bucks in week one in what turned out to be the highest scoring season opener in NFL history. Fitzpatrick turned into Fitzmagic, throwing for a career-high 417 yards and four touchdowns while also rushing for a touchdown. So as we head into week two, we'll play trend or end. Looking at some of the trends we saw in week one, these guys will tell you whether that's over or they expect it to continue. The Saints struggled against oh, Fitzpatrick. I mean, that's, struggled. that is an understatement. Uh, will that continue? Is that a trend or do those Saints, that Saints defense bounce back and put an end to it? Well, this is my Super Bowl pick in the NFC. So you're, you're incented to say it's this an end. This is going to end okay. this week. And I, yeah. you Go ahead. Touch put it over or do I have to drag Bam. it or something? Appreciate you the help gotcha, to walk gotcha. over you. But anyway, I think the Saints this week, that ends simply because of what we saw last week, the embarrassment of what they went through last week against Fitzpatrick, the backup quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a team that's loaded with talent personnel-wise. They're young talent. They had a hiccup last week. This week, expect them to pick it up against the Cleveland Browns team uh, offense that doesn't put up a whole lot of points. It's not an explosive unit. I like for the Saints to really put a stop to, to all the bleeding that they were doing on You game. know what's funny? We talked about Joe Flacco responding to that pressure and playing better. Fitzpatrick's just the opposite. Yeah. When he's the backup and there's no sign of trouble, he's he's, he's coming to he's, the rescue. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's your guy. Sam Darnold, the guy for the Jets on Monday night. Look, it's one game, but it looks solid. Does that passing game and that offense continue? Is that a trend or end? Is this graphic correct? Because the Jets and that, offensive it is actually explosion. Yeah. Are you sure that's right no, now, man? That's an end. Oh, come I'm on. I'm you that's an end right now. Am I excited for Sam Darnold and the New York Jet fans? But yes, because, I mean, Jet fans, you know, too, this can't last forever, right? <laughs> Right? Come on. Come no, on, I'm getting no, no, With that type of explosion, can they win games? Absolutely. But with the offensive explosion, you're definitely going to need the defense to come and help him make some plays, run the football, special teams to, to coddle this rookie a little bit in those tougher games, in the tougher games. So you're not going to have that type of offensive explosion, but you got your man in I feel like you should let the Jets have their moment. <laughs> let, the, let the Jets have their moment. The it's over. <laughs> they already had their game. The moment's okay, over. That's fair. what they need to get used to. Moving well, on. Okay. Move well, on. Just, fans, we're going we're to the next game. The man do is raining on the parade. Oh, All right. Derek Carr, no parade there. Three picks in the season opener, including one taken back by Marcus Peters. Trend or end for Derek Carr? In the short term, well, in the short term, because they're still trying to digest oh, this. we're going short term. Yeah, in okay. John Gruden's offense, they're still trying to digest that playbook. I'm going to say it's a trend, and they're going against a Broncos defense that knows them personnel-wise. 
And a defense with led by Von Miller is going to be coming after Derek Carr. I think they're going to struggle again in the next couple of weeks and then open it up for Amari Cooper later on in the season. But early on, this, this team right now is not popping on all cylinders, and they're struggling simply at not only protecting Derek Carr, but get driving the ball downfield to Amari Cooper, their superstar. Well, that's a trend you don't want to see continue. It could right. dig them into a hole that's tough to get out of. Teddy, Jimmy Garoppolo started his career 7-0. and They were, you know, fitting the bust in Canton. We were getting everything. Thing ready. He came back down to earth three uh, three picks, I think, in week yeah, one. I thought, I thought, Trend or end? I thought Jimmy was part, part, supposed to start like 20 and 0 or yeah, something well, like that. Yeah, well, that's what everybody if, said. If you listen to what's going on, but yeah. the struggles of Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they're going to end because the Minnesota Vikings, they will make any quarterback in any offensive system struggle. And that's what's going to continue, I tell you right now, because that Vikings defense is great. For so real. More going up against more opponents that the defense isn't as good. Jimmy Garoppolo will start to look like he did last year. I mean, he's no longer the undefeated quarterback or anything like that. But you've got a good quarterback in San Francisco. He'll start. He'll start producing that, again. That may be a yes. good thing to get that undefeated sort of yeah, monkey off your back. It. I mean, because you're not going to spend your whole career without a loss. He'll face Matt Patricia though this week, who should Nothing know wrong him. Nothing wrong with going undefeated. Well, as long no. as you don't lose in the Super Bowl. Oh. So it's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm going to leave on go. that note. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to leave on This is Teddy. <laughs> this is Teddy on Thursday. Well, we've Great. talked about running backs and pass catchers and quarterbacks. Teddy, defensive spotlight now. It's your time to shine. But we're going to start with Darren, a defensive lineman to watch. I like the way you did. You like, like that? that? You like that? Just go. make sure you're paying attention. Well, go, I'm Darren. going with Melvin Ingram this week in, in San in, what's that? I was about to say San Diego with the Los Angeles <laughs> Chargers simply because what we saw last week. Nope, he didn't have Bosa on the other side, but he was applying pressure all day long this past week, and he's going up against the Buffalo Bills team with a young rookie quarterback, Melvin Ingram, is going to have a huge day. He's going to have one-on-one matchups. And when you look at this guy over the last few years, since 2015, this kid has been a disruptive guy all the way across the board. Eight forced fumbles in those, in since 2015, so big-time football player. Great rusher. All right, yes. backer tracker, linebacker to what? A linebacker that's gotten better as his time in the league has progressed, and that's Miles Jack for the Jacksonville Jaguars, turning into a big play linebacker, sort of instinctive, almost being called a ball hawk now because of the big plays that he's made on the ball recently, also in the AFC Championship game, but great pursuit, super athletic, this guy. He's had to figure out instinctually within the box where to fit, how to anticipate things like that. But I can see it on film. It's coming along for this kid. He can make some plays against Tom Brady and that Patriot offense. Well, that's what they'll need to do to slow them down. Darren, a defensive back on your radar. Marcus Peters. And we saw him this past week with with the Los Angeles Rams. Got to make big play after big play. You just mentioned it, Teddy, a ball hawk. He plays great defense in zone coverage. He can play man-to-man. He's been coming up and tackling this year, uh, which is a big surprise. But when you put the ball out there, you take chances when you go up against Marcus Peters because he's not just about turning the ball over. He's about taking it to the house. He's one of those once-in-a-lifetime type of talents on the outside. I like him this week. We saw one go back last week. Adam? I'm looking at the Vikings defense because whether it's Deshaun Kaiser back there at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers or a hobbled Aaron Rodgers, this is a defense that's as good as any in football. When you watch the games the first weekend, Jacksonville's defense stood out and Minnesota's defense stood out. This is a defense that's physical, fast, dynamic, all the words you could think of. Mike Zimmer knows how to get these guys going, and they will be primed for a game against the Green Bay Packers no matter what quarterback they're facing. 
Uh, just an update, too. Aaron Rodgers did not practice today or yesterday. Mike McCarthy said it's not a layup that he'll play. They're hopeful. If he doesn't practice, he can still play, but that remains to be seen. Tonight, football is back. Week two begins. The Ravens at the Bengals. For the Ravens, a chance to face a team that eliminated their playoff berth last season thanks to a tough Week 17 loss. Andy Dalton and A.J. Green did enough last week to walk away with a Week 1 win over the Colts. Dan Graziano will cover the game tonight. He joins us now from Cincinnati. Joe Mixon, 95 yards rushing and a touchdown week one with Cincinnati. Uh, Will they continue to rely on him that much, Dan? Wendy, I believe they will. I talked to Carlos Dunlap, one of their star defensive linemen, asked him what it was like to practice against Mixon. He said he's a do-everything guy. You know, he, he know, understands the blocking schemes. He can go out and, and run a checkdown route against a linebacker and beat a guy in space, a guy you can use on all three downs. He said he's not the kind of back where, where he's in the game, the other team can look and say he's definitely running or he's definitely releasing. They believe they can lean on him in all three phases of the game. Might hold him back a little bit tonight just because it's a short week, but going forward, that's how they plan to use Joe Mixon. Dan, there are also some indications that we'll see more of Lamar Jackson this week. If so, the Bengals will have to prepare for that. What's their plan? Well, again, talking to Dunlap, he said the key is to really not get distracted. He said, look, that is a young man who's got incredible talent and special abilities, and when he's on the field, we have to be aware of what he's doing. He said, but... He's not their starting quarterback, and more importantly, we have to be aware of what Joe Flacco is doing. And when I talked to some Ravens players, wide receiver Willie Sneed told me, yeah, the thing with Jackson is it's a tendency breaker. It just keeps the defense, gives him something else to think about. He said it worked well for us Sunday. I imagine we'll continue using it more and more as the year goes along. But on the Bengals' side, in this locker room behind me, they're talking about not, letting it get, not getting fooled by it. Dan, thank you. One of these teams opens up 2-0. and The other, of course, their first loss of the season. What do we look for? Well, Wendy, before we get to this matchup tonight, that we have a little bit of information here about nicknames that you would never, ever think sometimes come about. But mm. sometimes nicknames develop in a funny way. And so we, early in the show, had an occasion to come up with a very funny nickname. So we're going to roll back the tape here and take a look at something that was said earlier in the oh, show. Oh, come on. Th- this is unfair. What is Ramsey's <laughs> mindset and what's he saying coming into this game now that it's here versus Grady and Bronk? Grady and Bronk. Grady and Bronk. <laughs> Grady and Bronk. That's the new coming from Grady and Bronk. Grady and Bronk. Okay. 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 You guys, there's words for all of you that I can't use. I can't even say them, obviously, if I could. So. Wendy's looking at me okay. as I start to lean in. Where was, is he going like, with this right now? Yeah. All right. So go ahead with your nugget, your use, useful nugget for tonight's game. Well, Joe Flacco, as we <laughs> talked about earlier in the show, has struggled in Cincinnati. Three and six record compared to six and four at home in Baltimore. A lot of pressure on him tonight, but hopefully he can come through for Baltimore in a way that Brady and uh, Grady and Bronk can. Ooh, Listen, I don't even oh, think man. I can say that again if I tried. No. What is it? Grady, gr- Grady, Grady and Bronk. <laughs> Grady, Bronk. I, yeah, I don't know. You'd think I'd know it by now. Anyway, Darren, uh, yeah. well, I don't know how we fared. Do, did you guys win this last week? I, I, lost. I, I was one, I, I was oh, one yeah. and one, actually. Oh, yeah. You were one and one? Yeah. So you had one pick? Yeah. Well, no, Monday night, too. So, anyway. Oh, okay. uh, anyway. Uh, I got some ground to make up. But why don't we pick it? Well, listen, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals, and, and Adam just said it. They struggled. Baltimore Ravens struggle in Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati right now, especially up front with Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, are guys that are really itching for this game. Divisional game in Cincy since he wins it. 
I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. There's two things I'm looking forward to in this game. The creativity of the Raven wow. offense with Lamar Jackson, the mm. various motions, the arc motions, the read options, him as a receiver mm. and the jet motion. What can they do off of those combinations now? Because they've shown looks on film. So the progression of it and also a motivated Joe Flacco. He is motivated. It's sort of a new Joe, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. We'll see how we'll see. He, he comes out motivated. I think he is, so I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, fair enough. Listen, I was on the fence on this one. Just wasn't sure, and I do think it could go either way, but I agree with you, and I agree with Steve Young. I think Joe Flacco, it just you know, that, that little fire, that little guy right behind you. Yeah, I don't believe him when he's talking shoulder. about oh, No, no, I don't, about I don't believe Flacco, yeah. but I do believe it's beneficial uh, for Joe Flacco and for – this Baltimore team. I say it's close, but 24-21 away team. You watch the defense of the Baltimore Ravens and the way they disguise and those safeties, Jefferson and Weddle, and how they're just like mm. jokers back mm. there and playing games with that Cincinnati offense. Another thing to watch. Joe Mixon had 95 last week, over 100. Wow. Baltimore day. Listen, yes. tape off tomorrow, gentlemen. Get your rest. Get your sleep. The jump is next. <laughs>